previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. Getting in that stadium, seeing like 80,000 wrestling fans, I just kind of like, I got emotional, man. Like, yeah, man, I'm not freaking WrestleMania. I can't believe this is happening. From Delaware, almost live, this is the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome to episode 40 of the Sports Refuge, the weekly interview show where guests discuss their connection with sports. I'm your host, Earl Holland. In the previous 39 episodes, we've discussed sports as a means of fitness, competition, and sports as a livelihood. In this episode, I've decided to go another route as the topic of discussion will be sports and video games. And joining me in this conversation are some previous guests on the show, Mark DeMora, who was my guest on episode 13, where we discussed the difference between what's considered a sport, a game, a competition, and what crosses all three categories, as well as Brian Banks, who I've known since high school and appeared on episode 7 of the podcast, where we talked about pro wrestling and his stint playing Division I college baseball. There will also be a special appearance from my wife, Stephanie, who will give her thoughts on some specific topics. Some of the topics mentioned included our favorite sports video games, the evolution of sports games through the 8, 16, 64, and 128-bit revolutions, and much more. Here is my interview with Mark DeMora and Brian Banks. Well, we're trying something a little bit different. I've done some sort of live on-scene recordings of podcasts. Of course, that was from Newark, Maryland, during family reunions and family gatherings. And we are at the residence of Mark DeMora, one of our previous guests. And with me, of course, is Mark and another one of our previous guests, Brian Banks and my wife, Stephanie, as well. And we are here to just sort of go and have a free-for-all when it comes to discussing particular topics. I know that Mark is into video games and a lot of different things. And Brian, of course is into pro wrestling, baseball, and so much other stuff that it's really hard to really put anybody in a box. Would you guys say that? That's pretty true. It's pretty accurate. That's accurate, I would say. And, yeah, I don't know how we're going to sort of regulate this discussion, but we'll figure out. So, Mark, I know one of the things we had talked about in our previous episode, competition, what's a sport and what's a game and things like that. Right. I wanted to move that discussion a little bit over towards video games. I know you're big into video games mm-hmm. and that you stream on Twitch. Right. To, uh, you do live streams of Let's Plays of, of games, mainly on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. How did it get started in, into doing that? About... Five, six years ago, so we're, no, it's more than that at this point. Yeah, 13, 14 time frame, um, Twitch started really becoming popular, and I'm trying to remember the, the games that were really popular then. A lot of them were still streaming like World of Warcraft and Diablo 3, let's see. Fortnite wasn't out then, but uh, Minecraft, that was, another, that was the other one. And, you know, those were the big three, but... There are this. There's a small little group of you know Twitch streamers um, that would like to like the retro stuff, and I watched them and I looked at what they did, and I'm like, it's it doesn't seem like that what they're doing is all that difficult. <laughs> you ever see you watching? I guess what you see, what someone does on TV or what someone does on the field, and you're like, eh, that doesn't seem too difficult. And so they're like, I could probably do that. So I was like, okay, well, what do I actually need to do this? And I realized I had most of it. The only thing I needed was a capture card. So I got a little cheapo $20 capture card, which still is working to this day. And the first thing I found out starting streaming was that, no, streaming is not that hard. 
setting up streaming, much like setting up a podcast is a pain in the butt, and then actually playing a game well when you have a video camera on yeah. you is also difficult. <laughs> well, also, like, looking at the chat and all this kind of thing, and then if you, God forbid, if you actually have a few hundred people watching you, and then you're playing like, oh, I've played this game a hundred times, I can do this, Boom, dead, ten seconds. Yeah, I know what I'm doing, sure, sure. So it wasn't actually the streaming that was difficult, it was all that ancillary stuff on the side which you know having run a podcast you could probably relate to too and i always compare it to the let's plays that you see on youtube Mm -hmm. very entertaining but the thing is there's room for editing on that as opposed to being live and whatever mistakes happen you just have to go with it as it happens it's like live tv in that regard you know live tv whatever happens happens it's kind of just stay so back in the black and white days of tv on panel shows or whatever someone runs up on stage you know guess what you gotta roll with it. Kick them off the stage. Camera's still rolling. You gotta keep moving. But I guess and it's like sports, like that regard. I guess too. Whatever happens is there. You can't change it. The show still goes on. That's right. The show keeps going, and you just gotta do your best to adjust and be able to adapt on the fly. So I've had things happen on camera where, like, you know, the camera's falling off, or you know, suddenly, you know, it's like, oh, I, I'm not feeling too great. Oh, I got a headache. Oh, my stomach is suddenly rumbling because I haven't had anything to eat today. Or suddenly the game glitches, and then, you know, the NES starts doing its classic reset, and I'm like, oh, there goes the last 30 minutes of work I've just done. Hold up, everybody. I'll be right back while I throw my NES out the window. (laughs) So, yeah, things happen, and so you just kind of got to be ready to adapt, and so it is in many ways like that, except instead of, you know, on Twitch, and for the most part, unless you're like a big stream, or like, I guess, Ninja, or something like that, you're only in front of maybe a dozen people, or... You know, maybe a little bit more than that. Mostly less than 100 people, whereas if you screw up on live TV and you're in front of 12 million people instead. So, a little less pressure. What are the most people that you've had watching during a viewing? My my channel only has about 80 followers right now, and that's the one thing about Twitch. Um, 80 followers, a lot of the streamers that I watch and who stream a lot more consistently than I do only have like 20 or 30, so I don't know exactly how a lot of these followers find you. I would say the largest I've ever had is in the 30, you know, range, which is, again, in the grand scheme of things, not a lot, but, you know, when you're trying to talk, when 30 people want to talk at the same time, and then you're playing a game, and then you're also checking your stream health to make sure that the thing is going okay, and then, oh yeah, there's an enemy flying at me, I have to push the button. It's a lot to manage at one time, and that's why a lot of Twitch streamers, they often can't even just pay attention to the chat. It's going so fast, and they just have a game that they have to pay attention to, especially if it's like a Halo or something like that, you're a multiplayer kind of thing. There's no way in heck you're going to be able to keep up with your chat. So, um, I've had about 30 in the most at a time, um, which I think percentage-wise is pretty good compared to the number of followers I got. Do you feel that playing NES games sort of provides a niche that's different from everybody playing, like you said, Call of Duty, Halo, Mm -hmm. Minecraft, and I guess now some of the other games that are next-generation games? Right. To some extent, yes. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I never went into it expecting I was going to have 100,000 followers and be getting all that kind of thing. I'm doing it because it's fun that a group of my friends that, you know, are in there almost every time, they seem to enjoy it, and I was hoping to play some games, and I have, that you don't see on Twitch, on any of those streaming channels a lot. 
but I've actually started diversifying a little more. I actually do plan to like play through some more modern games, you know, as we go forward. Now that I have an Elgato and I got some better hardware in order to stream stuff with, so who knows what might happen. And Twitch has made it easier to actually get, um, I don't know what exactly they call it, to get like an official like partner status with it. You know, it used to be like you had to have like a whole bunch of followers and you had to stream a certain number of times a week and then they've relaxed it a little bit because they're you know, of course, afraid that streamers are going to go on somewhere else. Also, with Twitch, um, you can search by the game title, right? Instead of uh, the follow, like the person that you're following, and that's how a lot of people get their views as well, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like for Call near Call of Duty, or you your, can search you know, by Call of Duty, Diablo, you know, or you can see like retro titles, and, mm -hmm. and that's actually like that. honestly what I when I watch them on stream, you know, if I'm it's not a follower I know, I'm like okay, I feel like watching, I don't know, Legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. Fine, find twenty people doing yep. it. it. Makes it so simple. <laughs> Have you, I guess, live streamed any sports games in particular yet, or are you just sort of? I I have. That's not much, um, but I have. But they're not what you might call what we would call like any of the big sports games. Like I haven't really streamed like baseball or football or anything like that. I've streamed golf games, skiing, skateboarding, surfing. You know, those kinds of sports because those are the kinds of sports games that I had growing up. So if you remember, Skate or Die. Yeah, Skate or yeah. Die. Skate or Die was, if I can be blunt, Skate or Die was the shit back in the day kind of awesome. thing. And, and, they had, and they had a couple spinoffs, Skate or Die, you know, that I've streamed. Um, the NES Open Golf Game. That was best golf game on the NES. You had Mario, Luigi, and they actually had a whole bunch of courses, and it wasn't, you know, like some... And they had, like, great music, and, you, you know, you could hit the ball exactly like you'd wanted to as opposed to the original Nintendo golf game. <laughs> you talked about Skater Die. Did you have TNC uh, Surf Design? Not yes. as a kid, but I do have it yes. now. <laughs> Brian, of course, you said you had TNC. That was yeah. a very strange game, huh, Yeah. The gorilla skateboarding and surfing. Mm -hmm. Is that the one that also had cats in the And world? the surfing was hard. It was yes. really difficult. Yeah. The surfing, it was really difficult. Yeah, I couldn't, I could not do it to save my life. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll admit, growing up, I didn't really play that many sports video games, especially on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started picking it up a little more once Sega Genesis came around, Super Nintendo, you know, the age of NBA Jam, all the WWF yes. games, uh, you know, the Tecmo sports games. I really feel like Tecmo came to its own on the next gen, the 16-bit systems, Tecmo NBA Basketball, right. Tecmo Super Baseball, Tecmo Bowl. Well, actually, I'll take that back. I did play a lot of Tecmo Super say, Bowl on Nintendo. I played yeah. Tecmo Super Bowl yeah. 2 uh, and all that other stuff. And then once they jumped to the next gen. So I played a lot of sports titles like Blades of Steel. Oh, yeah, Blades oh, of Steel. Blades of Steel's um, great. Mm -hmm. Like, like, Regular hockey, I think it was NES hockey. I forgot what it was. There was an NES hockey. Yeah, I played that one. Is ice hockey? That's yes. what it was. I played one Wayne Gretzky yeah. hockey as well because I always I played as a Capitals, and all I would see is Dino Cicerelli. That was the only name I remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Dino Cicerelli, who I know by the end of his career, I think he played for the Red Wings, but I know he was a Capital at one point. And yeah, that that game was all right. Did also, like double dribble. 
Double yeah. Dribble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Double Dribble's good. Yeah. Um, Jordan versus Bird. Oh, yeah, Jordan versus Bird. Yeah. yeah. Did you play any of the wrestling games on Nintendo? Yeah, I was WrestleMania, like the old WrestleMania. Where God, you get that the little... was awful. <laughs> That's the, that's the thing. They, 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 see, <laughs> the and the problem... Things to keep the power. Yeah. yeah, and the problem is everybody knows and everybody hears about it on the internet. LJN games were awful yeah. and LJN basically cornered the market on a lot of sports games, yes. a lot of the movie games. games. They were the official license games, a lot of the WDF games before and then eventually Acclaim took mm-hmm. over, which basically I feel like Acclaim is just an extension of LJN. Yeah. And, and as it expanded and they started making uh, action figures again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know what's sad about that is that all those licensed wrestling games on the NES None of them were as good, in my opinion, you know, probably some will disagree, as the original pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Oh, pro wrestling, pro wrestling. yeah, and that's what, you know. Awesome. And it was the yeah. first wrestling game and they got it right. It was a Nintendo game. Nintendo all went, I think WCW was good. WCW wrestling, well, yeah, it was okay. Especially when you could see, you could, Sting could put them in the, uh, in the Scorpion Deathlock in there. And I think you can press a button to have somebody interfere. Oh, yeah, and then you see the shadow, oh, the, yeah, shadow the shadow jumps out. The shadow jumps out. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Hits okay. the dude before he counts three. I haven't played it. Wasn't, so there was regular okay. pro wrestling, there was Techno did a pro wrestling, yes. and then there was WCW. Those were the three I remember. Wasn't there a WWF? I mean, there are some. See, there was I a bunch of Techno wrestling for Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, te- that was great. I that was that. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Super Nintendo is when those sports games really Saturday came Night Slam Masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never played Saturday Night Slam Masters. I, I, going back, you were talking about WWF games there. Mm-hmm. There were a share. My favorite WWF game on the Nintendo Entertainment System was WrestleMania Challenge. Where it had uh, is that the one had the steel cage? Oh, now that one, nah, now this one it was sort of the the ring was uh, on a different angle. It wasn't straight across. Oh, it was like an angle. Oh, it, was, it was Andre the Giant. It was Hogan. Okay. It was I think it was Savage. It was uh, of course Ultimate Warrior. Um, because what happened with Andre the Giant? If he falls out of the ring, he can't get back in the ring and he gets counted out. That's the only way you can beat Andre the Giant. If he falls out of the ring, he can't get back into the ring. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, that I remember that. We would rent the game from Eastern Shore, folk, so. Eastern Shore Video, where for people who live in Salisbury, Maryland, who end up listening to it, if you go to where Ollie's is, if you go to a couple stores down to the right. I think where either the Family Dollar is or where the Chinese restaurant was, yeah. that was where Eastern Shore Video mm-hmm. was before they built it on extended to where Food Lion is and things like that. That was where Eastern Shore Video was. Mm-hmm. And that was the place we would go. You could rent a game basically for a whole week, $5.25, and that's it. And you turn it back in. And then sometimes you either have to call to renew it or you could go in and renew it. Because basically you'd go in on the shelves. They'd have all the cardboard boxes of the games little tag yeah little tag the little tag and you take the tag if the tag's not there you couldn't get the game unless sometimes they have multiple ones so you take the tag up there and they get it and they Mm -hmm. take it and they put the yellow slip in there and the book and the instruction book which we've had a couple times where we've lost the instruction book which (laughs) you know that makes us a little more aware as an adult to like keep Everything, everything together right. you keep it in the box you keep it in the case I mean that's how when we buy our games from GameStop we put the receipt right in, right in the, the case. case right in yeah. the case where that latch is where the book goes right the and close it up you know because even though you think it's going to be fine and you're not going to have to take it in we learned a valuable lesson recently as we bought a gold PS4 controller and okay we're thinking it's fine and it has in, not worked. Those internal batteries. Yeah. It won't connect to the PS4. 
Lovely. We've it, done everything really, we can. Right She's I was on the on the phone with PS4 for like 25 minutes with PlayStation and couldn't get a connect. We talk about the Super Nintendo generation. That's where I think, the, especially the wrestling games took off. Yeah. Royal Rumble. Um, oh, yeah. Super WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's some other. I mean, Rage in the Cages, if you had the Sega CD and King all that. Also. Oh, King of the Ring, King yeah. Of the Ring. King of the Ring. Oh, th- yeah, that was, there was one for Nintendo, King of the Ring. I forgot yeah. that one. I don't know how I forgot them. They, they were all all right, but WrestleMania Challenge was probably the best one on the system, the best WDF one. And then, of course, you know, the 16 bit consoles. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, as opposed to this generation where some sports games are limited to either Sony or either to Xbox mm-hmm. just because of these Lice, ridiculous monster thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just such X- and man, that's messed up because they shouldn't be exclusive like the major league license shouldn't mm-hmm. be exclusive to just PlayStation. And I think yeah. technically well, that's not really but it's like I don't know what it is. It was two K two K held on to it for yeah. a while and then that agreement ended and basically so you couldn't make a third party one but you can make your own in-house one which is what Sony did but Microsoft tried once and never did again and which I'm surprised and looking at RBI baseball I haven't played it um this generation RBI it looks awful it looks like a like a like the previous generation and it looks like something that should be like on uh, Super NES or something you'd see on a phone you see on a cell phone game and see that's the thing because and then this goes back to again like the generation of video games I'm reaching this point where I look at like a PS4 sports game actually especially and I look at back at a PS3 game and I'm like I can't tell much of a difference. You know, the players' names are going to be different. Teams and all that's going to yeah. be updated. But the graphics, how you're playing, yeah, your man, inputs. I, I used to like love World Series Baseball. Oh, yeah, for Sega Genesis. Yeah, oh, Genesis my God. I think it hit its peak at 95 for its Genesis version of World Series Baseball. Like Saturn. Oh, Saturn, yeah. I think World Series 2 is the one... That really was probably the best one out of the Saturn ones. I think the last one they went to 3D. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was a start. It could have built on it more. Yeah, but... But they didn't have a chance, I don't think. Yeah, and I think just with the Saturn and just like a lot of other things following that, it's Power. just... Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. actually, funny, we talked about the Dreamcast. Remember when we, at UMES we'd go over to Dante Robbie, and Robbie? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah they had Dreamcast yeah. and they had Royal Rumble and how uh, every... Uh, that was probably the best one where you had multiple people come into the ring the biggest amount of people but the problem was there were so few characters so it would repeat when they'd come in and I feel like man if they just could have taken it a step forward where okay that's the the one they said on the arcade that's the same one I think it was yeah and I feel like if they just put more wrestlers in and it's funny if we go into that Brian of course big wrestling fan and we talk about wrestling video games and we look for a while some of the quality of wrestling video games were not good, and yeah. especially like I mean Nitro, Nitro, yeah, <laughs> Nitro for trash, what it was, man. yeah, Nitro. I mean Nitro was bad, and we all know Thunder that basically was bad. Mayhem was bad. Yeah, I you <laughs> know was, Thunder. Yeah, you said Thunder was bad, and even those were the early THQ one. I mean, even though I thought I thought the I thought Nitro was THQ. Nitro and Thunder were, and then then it went to EA. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I'll say this: we look at it that also, and the claim had their share of some stinkers. I mean, I liked. Warzone and I like Attitude. Attitude was probably the uh, yeah, best yeah, yeah. acclaimed version of a WWF yeah, game. Like 
Yeah, and man, just because I felt like there was a more dudes like juice and blood on them. Yeah, <laughs> they, funny. yeah, they, and the thing is, they bleed everywhere. And yeah. those violent matches, I mean, especially because then when they try to do that ECW, and, ECW and it looked ECW awful, one, and then they that was just like too much. <laughs> and it just and the quality was it was bad, bad. on that. I mean, yeah. I feel like Attitude was the time where it hit its peak, mm-hmm. and you could the creative suite was as good as it was for that time, and. Make a guy do like three moonsaults in the air. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially the combo. I mean, and the one thing I liked how they played in ring psychology in that because if you kept, you know, instead of working over a guy on different body parts, if you kept working the same part, you would actually make them weaker and weaker and make it easier to submit as opposed to, okay, you start working on the arm, then you work on the head, then you work on the leg, then you work on the midsection. If you kept attacking the leg or if you kept attacking the arm, yeah, they rewarded you for that. And I feel like that was a cool thing. wrestling, that's more like an actual, like Like a traditional wrestling. Yeah, Yeah, like traditional Mm -hmm. wrestling, yeah. So, and again, that wouldn't have been possible in early things, in early systems. So, you know, again, actually, actually, like WCW versus NWO World Tour was like that as well. Yeah, that one I was gonna say I completely forgot about. Those were some of the better WCW games. Oh man, those were some good games. Uh, you know, before you see, WWF it, took it, their. You know, it, like you put a move on a guy's legs, he kept doing it. He'll start holding his legs. That was sixteen bit, right? No, sixty four. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, N sixty four. And then yeah, what yeah. was the one on uh, PlayStation? Yeah, PlayStation. WCW versus the world. Oh yeah, oh, but yeah. I like WCW versus the world around that awesome. time. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I would like be that. mad, yeah. especially at that time when it was raining a you know, lot. I still have a game. Oh my gosh! I wonder if it's worth anything. I don't know. I, I don't have any system to play it on, but oh, I still well, have. You can probably find something. I still have the original Spider-Man for that too. Oh man, Dude, I haven't played the original Spider-Man. Uh, PlayStation. No. I yeah, uh, and another thing I was just thought about that for the time it was. You know, oh, yeah, sure. And easily, I forgot about it. You know what? Going back to the 16-bit revolution is, you know, there's really good baseball games in addition to mm-hmm. like the Sega ones. Uh, the RBIs really came RBIs along. Series, like yeah. Nintendo, they were great. Yeah, those were good, and, and like, and I, and and they had the MLB PA one with the voice one on Sega. Jack Buck actually did the play by play for that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also, and then like, there's the LJN version of baseball for Nintendo, which seemed like pretty good. But of course, with some of those games, they were like the big block characters. Yeah. But actually, there was really one good game that I liked for Nintendo. Baseball Simulator 1000. That was one of my favorite ones. But I also like Baseball Stars. Baseball Stars, I think, is probably the best one. I think the one you could jump over the wall. Oh, yeah. And you could save it. You can catch the ball over the wall. Yeah. Fall over it. There was an arcade game. I don't know what system it was for. I don't know if it was Neo Geo. But it was like a legit... I don't know if it was a... Konami baseball game or something, baseball but it was legit like, because it was '96 season. Because wars, it was baseball. And there was one where because I played an arcade game and it was like you know it was modern rosters at the time because Messina was pitching for the Orioles, so it was '96 '97. I was still living okay. in Salisbury, so I know it had to be a little before that time. Actually, it might have been earlier '90s than that. Maybe it was like Neo Geo or something, but there it was Neo pretty Geo? good. No, but they was like an arcade system where they ported oh, the Neo Geo oh, stuff. Oh, okay, and. Man, that was legit real, and I just could never remember that game because I mean, the I'm not arcade a, machine. You can switch like from, yeah. like a bunch of different games. You press the button, yeah. You switch oh the game. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And man, those were awesome. And like I said, coming back to the RBI games, the the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis versions, RBI '94 was probably the best. 
RBI 94 because, yeah, they had all the rosters. You could pick back teams from up to 86 at that point. You could oh, pull wrestlers. Nice. You, I mean, you could pull guys off a team. You could create your own roster. Oh, wow. pull, yeah, like right. if you wanted the good version of Daryl Strawberry from 86, you could pull him off the team <laughs> and put him on the team because I think Daryl Strawberry was suspended around that time. Uh, so you couldn't really find him. Or like couldn't find Messina on any of the rosters on the 93 on that, so basically, while it was 94, it was a 93 roster. There was no Messina on the Orioles. It was The rotation was Ben McDonald, Jamie Moore, Fernando Valenzuela, and somebody else. And then Messina, you'd have to go back to the 92 All Star like team to Sid pull Messina. Yeah, it was Sid Fernandez. You know what? It was Sid Fernandez. It was Sid Fernandez. It was Sid Fernandez. And Messina, you had to go through the 92 American League All Star team to find him, pull him out of the bullpen, and put him in your <laughs> rotation. Yes, He's no All Star team and not the regular team. Yes, I don't understand it. And that, uh, then, huh. uh, then again, that was the Sega Genesis version. I don't know if he made the roster on the n- version for Super Nintendo, but no. But yeah, you know, a game I thought looked like it had a lot of potential, then end up being a mess. Uh, watch it, uh, Super Brawl. Super Brawl looked like it had so much potential, yeah, and then messed it, it up. Super Brawl. I heard that, that if you don't go into the settings and change it, you have to play best of three. And actually, not best of three. You have to wrestle all three matches. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have to go in and change the settings on that. And every time I watch it, I mean, some of the things look decent, but... And then I don't some think pe- I played that one. Some of the graphics for that time look decent. But I feel like this. WCW, except for that, that time when they had WCW, World, uh, NWO World Tour, and all that stuff, was probably its best. And everything was else with disasters. And if WCW didn't close down, the engine that they used, they were using for the next WCW game, ended up becoming uh, Def Jam Vendetta. And that, yes, <laughs> and yes, it just feels yeah, like whoa. that would have been uh, very interesting how they would have done that if WCW didn't People go broke. always talk about they like the second Def Jam Vendetta better, but I love the first one. Because it, it, it was like a wrestling game, but it was like a pit fight area. Oh, okay. But it was like you did wrestling moves on it. There was like, okay. Yeah. And that was going to be the next WCW game, basically use that engine, and then... They lost then, the license, I guess? Well, no, WCW went belly up, and then oh, basically... Right. Oh, and then yeah. w, and WWF had... what? Well, were they still with Acclaim at the time, or were they heading into THQ? I think they were about to... I think they were all that. Yeah, there was a transition... Yeah. You know, and we talk about Acclaim. Oh, man. A game that had so much potential by just looking at it. And the third version of it was so messed, so flawed, so broken, so messed up. Uh-oh. And, Brian, you like, probably know what I'm talking about. Man. I was going to... You know, those those N64, those GameCube Game games are very interesting, good, too. Um, but I was going to talk about the Legends of Wrestling series. I feel like there was so much potential in it. And number three is so broken. Yeah. Number three is so broken that they finally got everybody. All the stars you wanted, people that weren't in WWF. That was the preeminent wrestling legend game. And it was broken. This the whole thing was broken. I never played. It. I, I played number it. three. You could you could you couldn't pin anybody. But they yeah. had they had all you know versions of Hogan. They had Owen Hart. They had Bret Hart. They had the the Road Warriors. They had a lot of people. Everybody. The creative wrestler was broken. Go you couldn't make Flair. Uh, it was it, actually everybody you tried to make look like Ric Flair because they had this big uh, long blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. really, it was just that was so broken. It was so broken, but man, it felt that was probably the best. You still had Sh- Tony Schiavone and. Tony Giovanni and they had Harley Race I forgot they had Tony Giovanni and Bobby Heenan on the announced team oh wow and Jimmy Hart was doing all the music and everything 
So you got American made instead of real American. And it was just so broken. And that was the last one, and it was so bad. I like the whole theory, especially I think in the first ones where it evolved over time where you start out in the territory system and you work in one region, then you move on to another region, and then you move on to another mm-hmm. region, and then time has evolved. Progression. And Yeah, then it was moved to the 80s, the big WWF WrestleMania era and all that right. stuff. Then it moved on to the 90s and things like that. You'd wrestle in the Egg Dome. You'd wrestle in Madison Square Garden and stuff like that. But uh, it, it just hurts my heart seeing how, potential, how much potential that game had. And they actually had interviews with different wrestlers, too. Like, you know... They had Captain Lou Albano, and it just sort of... Oh. It was so oh. bad when you see it, so much potential there and it's such a waste. They focused more on the you know the extra stuff as opposed to the actual core. Actual game but but knowing it's acclaimed, they probably rushed it, as usual, and yeah. and that, you that know, would, people didn't get paid surprised. either, and, mm-hmm. and it became a broken product. You can't pin anybody. You can't do all this stuff. You beat them to a bloody pulp, and you still couldn't pin them. Acclaim is so hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they got lucky because of Midway helped them out because Midway, if it wasn't for Midway, Acclaim has their stake on NBA Jam, but that's all Midway. That is all Midway all day. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that Mortal Kombat, those are the reasons yeah. we're going to think about fire. it. Oh, yeah. And, man, NBA Jam. And NBA Jam, you think about it. NBA Jam was great. Oh, my um, God, NBA Jam. When we went... Basketball was never... I thought done well until NBA Jam came around. Oh yeah, and the first one to get it right. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, and I feel it was great. And they kept evolving with Termin Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they tried yeah. to do Hang Time, and then they tried to catch College up. Slam was great. Oh yeah, yes. College Slam was great. I feel like uh, they were, and the, the thing with college sports games where you can only do but so much without basically their likenesses, and uh-huh. I feel like that was a good thing. But one of the things I think eventually. And the, then when live started, when NBA Live started becoming the big dog before 2K NBA finally Showtime, got together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, NBA Showtime and all those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I just go back to the NBA games. I feel like we're going on a tangent. But think about those NBA games, and all of a sudden it started pushing NBA Jam, and people wanted a more reality simulation-based type mm-hmm. game instead of arcade. And then, you know, NBA Jam, NBA Live started pushing that, and then all of a sudden... The, even the early 2K games, you know, with the Sega branding on it, mm-hmm. those were fairly good. Those are fairly good. And then I feel like 2K has evolved to what it is today when it comes to NBA. And that's really one of the big reasons I wanted a PS4 is because I am a transaction <laughs> junkie. So I like making trades and moves and all that other stuff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You like to build a team. Yeah, and, and things like that. The biggest thing I saw is they have a, basically a GM mode and... A customization mode where you can basically fool you. Yeah, you can you can basically you can basically you can basically move the team. You can pick their logo and things like that. It is just that that I was so enamored with that. Ticket pricing, the concessions, yeah, stuff like that. That's the yeah, and that's even even that's some yeah, and and some of the Maddens on regular Xbox were doing that too. Uh, But yeah, like I said, I like you know. I did like a throwback league from like 91 on mm-hmm. where basically all the NBA teams that are there, I went with old school logos and stuff like that that I could. Like sure. the Wizards are the Bullets. Um, no the, surprise. The, there's no Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're the Sonics. And they're wearing a 94 style gear and all the other different outfits. And it's pretty cool. And thanks to the, some, the great people on the internet, people have created draft classes for the next eight years. So basically from like up to 2000, you have all the draft classes nice. and all you got to do is import the draft class and just play it like that. You can play eight straight seasons 
of of NBA dynasties with those guys, and that's the coolest thing about that. Um, going back to a second, NBA, you know, a lot of NBA games, we talked about some of the basketball games. Uh, another game that was sort of solid, nobody really talks about hoops. That was a good one on one game uh, oh, yeah, on yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, Blue uh, Oh, I yeah. It, once. it was a long time ago. Oh, uh, we, you said double dribble, of course. I know there are goals. Yeah. I know that little cheat where if you go in the corner and keep hitting the three pointers. Yeah, that was the one thing. Play horse on it. You can take advantage of that. Yeah, Yeah, which Family Guy gladly showed that. Mm -hmm. And with the, uh, of course, the Tecmo Bow, him running all the way back in the end zone and running all the way back. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And. I just think about it. a lot of good basketball games too. Of course, the Tecmo Tecmo NBA basketball was pretty solid, and then yeah, start going to the Sega Genesis one. Tecmo Super NBA basketball was pretty good. Then NBA Action was a game that really a lot of people didn't see. Um, I, didn't, I don't think I played them. Yeah, that was a, that was I think one of the early. I don't know if that was EA or not, but there was a forerunner to. I think it was like it was one of the you know. It was a bridge between, yeah. I'm guessing, that and the lives. Yeah. But that's what Showtime. Oh, was. I forgot Bulls versus Lakers. I forgot all those things. Bulls versus Lakers. Yeah, because that came after Bulls. Showtime came after Bulls versus yeah. Blazers. Yeah, which was the last one in that series. Yeah, and then Showtime was good. And then Showtime went in live. And they yeah, and live man, live the the music from live. I still think about the the soundtrack on it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I know I that. that about live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know NBA Live '99 had probably one of the better soundtracks. Um, I know because I always talk to Thran. Thran talks about he likes the music on 99, and that was pretty good. I'm just trying to think about all this stuff. And I feel like, again, the creative player thing was also pretty cool, too, because I remember on 99 trying to create Vince Carter and try to. What was that, 96? It was 95 or 96. You just entering the uh, classic player name and all his stats will come up. Yeah, and I've seen that happen. Yeah, you can do that with a lot of, actually with even sorry guys, you can do that. You can Michael in. Jordan and all Michael Jordan's stats will come yeah, up. Wow. Create, yeah, and it was pretty awesome. You have an encyclopedia there. There's everything. Yeah. Wow. Well, and and all it, it, stats and everything will come up. And you were wow. talking about the Bulls versus Lakers. I had just bought when we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, what, a few months ago, mm-hmm. bought Celtics versus Lakers. Oh, so yeah, right. yeah one of the early forerunners, man. Yeah, that was, to that. that was the first one. Yeah, right. we actually played the USA Basketball from '92 that it came out too. USA oh. Basketball, man, we destroyed everybody uh, on those teams. It wasn't even fun because, <laughs> yeah, it just like the real so overpowered. Yeah, it's OP. Yeah, it's like there's a you know imagine there being a really good Superman video game, which there never has been. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I still like the Nintendo version. I always thought the Nintendo version oh, it's was better than the '64 version. That's for sure. Yeah, Flying <laughs> Through the Ring is like, <laughs> oh man. But I always think about this, and you know, I, I feel that game. there's always some room for improvement for a lot of sports games. Oh yeah, and I know. Oh man, I always. You know, the baseball games are are my jam, and that's all I talk about. Tecmo mm-hmm. Super Baseball is a very underrated game. The, while they had all the MLBPA players, they did not have the team names, so they're just Baltimore, they're New mm-hmm. York A, they're New York N, Chicago A. Yeah, and then it was pretty cool. They actually had the real injuries, even though most of the guys really never got injured. It would just, if you simulate the game, oh, Cal Ripken gets injured. <laughs> it was like, really? Cal Ripken's going to miss a whole bunch of games. Iron Man. Yeah, it was crazy. Sometimes they have you know maternity leave. The guy, the husband, you know, pregnant, <laughs> pregnant wife. <laughs> they, they, had, they, they, they had pregnant wife, missed two days for pregnant wife and stuff like that. And 
realism. And then they had elbow bursitis and all the other things. Insane amount of realism. Yeah, even though you could never really figure out how to get hurt. At least with Tecmo NBA basketball, you have to be careful. You make sure someone doesn't get hurt. But then you see the graphic of the two guys helping the guy off the court. Like, oh. damn it, not Magic Johnson hurt. Well, well, at least if Magic Johnson got hurt and he missed most of the season, at least it wasn't for mm-hmm. the other reason that he missed a, a, a chunk of years. But mm-hmm. we'll not get into that <laughs> for the moment. But... Yeah, it's like, yeah, somebody broke a nose. Deadless shrimp, broken nose. And, and all those mm-hmm. weird things. But, man, I feel like they started getting more realistic, especially once you know, you start putting injuries in there. And, of course, you actually have a bench where you can pull guys like Tecmo Super Bowl. And yeah. then, of course, uh, my biggest thing, as I mentioned, as a transaction junkie, trades. The trades, man, I know that I would try to build a team as stacked as I could, but you know, isn't easy, with, especially in those those Tecmo Salary Super Bowl caps. years. Mm-hmm. And then the trade, yeah. and some teams won't trade, and then you try, you get the three trade weeks in the off season from Tecmo Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, Tecmo Super Bowl three on the Super Nintendo stuff. They will never trade with you, and then they finally trade with you in the end. It's like, man, I had to give a best player for that, but you right. had to do position position. You couldn't trade like, okay, I'll trade my best running back for like Bruce Smith. You couldn't do that. But yeah, I think, and there's a lot of underrated games that we'd, we'd be here forever. Like Hardball, that was a good one. The Hardball series was good. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to play this Tony Larissa game eventually. Tony Larissa baseball that mm-hmm. looks pretty good. I think that was probably another preem before. That's, is that the one you argue that you start arguing with the umpire? I think so. Man, I'm glad you said that because there was Bo Jackson baseball. Which was all right. Cat Rick and Baseball, which was crap. Uh, that was uh, Info. I think that was Inf- was it Mine. I forgot what the oh, the company. Info- Infograms. Yeah, Infograms. Yeah, and that one was all right. Um, oh, Big Hurt Baseball. I still have not played Big Hurt Baseball. Triple Play. Oh yeah, the Triple Play series was so great. And then We're running it to each other. Yeah, <laughs> the injury. That was probably. That, I think Triple Play took it to. The best smash. that you could probably run, run a boom, run the guys, and then and you're like, man, these guys are iron. Because then next time somebody gets uh, runs by, they're out for like two weeks because of an injury. And, oh, I think Triple Play '99 star turns red. <laughs> triple Play, I think it was '99, maybe not '99, but maybe the one before that. There was one that I always wanted to play, but they would never work on PlayStation because it was it like work. Yeah, it was like it would get to the to the anthem and then zoom in and then it would freeze. Oh. And you could never get to the and game. Was, that a, disc was that a bad disc? <laughs> Apparently it was multiple bad discs because it would never Maybe. play. Maybe. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, because what whichever one had A-Rod on, it was like 99. Maybe because... Um, so like it might have been 98 that was the one that was really bad because... Like recently it's been like that with games too. Like uh, it was like... Like Grand Theft Auto Five, that yeah. was like a big deal because some a lot of dust that came out were bad. Oh, that, same thing yeah. with um, Call of Duty World War Two. Same thing mm-hmm. with that as and, well. And we're, like I said, as Mark's looking that up for research, like I said, whatever one A Rod was on, there were glitches on that too because sometimes you try to save your dynasty and it would say fail, and then basically all the stuff that you tried to build up basically would be gone, and then there'd be some glitches where there's duplicate players like. Paul Kernoko, this is how far along ago. Paul Kernoko was on the Reds, so Paul Kernoko to end up being two Paul Kernokos on the Reds roster, and that was a mess. And mm-hmm. then, like, so I think it was Triple Play 98, where, because yeah. A Rod was on 99, 
Triple Play 98 was the one where it was like super glitchy. It, the roster was so nice and sleek. You could make trades. They had in-depth stats. Could not play the game at all. They even had scouting reports. They could tell you what the strengths and weaknesses were. The pitchers that they could hit well against. Yeah. And it was so awesome. And it just could not work. And I was so mad about that. I feel like that's such a waste of a game. Especially on PlayStation back then. And oh, those things were frustrating. And I know somebody who probably listened to this game and knows those games can uh, can actually imagine how glitchy that game was. So ninety, that's it. Triple Play ninety eight. Brian Jordan. That's the one that had the glitches on it. That you would play it and it wouldn't go and it wouldn't play at all. But I remember a lot of the Triple Play games on Sega were really really good. Mm-hmm. I like the Triple Play games on Sega. Sega had some awesome sports games. My God, and, and it's like it. Some systems that World Series, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like the Nintendo early Nintendo baseball games were like considered the best, but like Sega had like a juggernaut on like the basketball games and the football games. But somebody disagree with me. Football actually was they're pretty good on both. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think that I mean, and again at that time the rise of Madden and EA, EA yeah. really got their stuff together starting with live, and then they, yeah. I mean, you know, the Maddens had been around for almost thirty years. Anyway, and they kept getting better and better. It, it fell off on '99 on on N64. That was an awful game. But the the Madden '99 on PlayStation. PlayStation, yeah. I don't know if there's two or or one or two, but man, that was probably better than than the one on N64. I know they tried the helmet cam, but all you can see is, is you look, you're looking down the field and you just see get hit, and you look up and then go down, and all you see is the sky. And those games, I mean, some of them were good, and then I feel like as they progressed to the next generation, like I think maybe PS2, yeah, the PS2 games I feel like were probably the its best. And I remember I had Madden 06, I think, or at Madden 05. Madden 05 was the game I had for, for my Xbox. Uh, it was perfect because back then, you know, when they could upload your own music and play it on the playlist when you're playing Madden oh, over some yeah. of the other stuff, which they don't you let you do that, that now yeah, because, man, man my, whole music, my whole music list, man, I would just spend the whole time building up the Redskins, and all you hear is like Eighth Wonder by Sugar Hill Gang and all this <laughs> other stuff, Franz Ferdinand, Take Me Out, all this stuff, and it's like, this is perfect. You can't ask for more. And that's where, especially where they started working on the franchise, building stuff, where you could move and relocate and things like that, start setting your ticket prices, your concession stands. Right. And I like that. I really did like that, and I think... They used to have like the radio excerpts. They had Tony Bruno where he would exactly. recap the games and the coach stuff. And I know there's different versions of that. And I feel like there's some games where because you're getting more sim than you are yeah. like actually like playing the game. Oh yeah, and so I play the game. Believe the me, I play the games too. Oh, sure, I would play the games and all that other stuff. And then you know that's different from other games like that are basically sim and text like out of the park, OTP yeah. and. Uh, Oh, there's so many other ones. Uh, baseball Mogul, those games, mm-hmm. you know, which are basically text only. Right, and there's really no game like actual. Sport yeah. Did game you? Um, did you have you ever played that? Was it the 2K Team Manager? I think it what, was. What the Billy Bean? I, I'm not sure. For the baseball, it was one for. I know it was one for basketball. I believe. Oh. I know I played one with Billy Bean, and that one was so flawed and so boring right. because another thing is, if you made roster moves, you couldn't even change jersey numbers on there without having like a fantasy league where so you, you could be with the same number. Yeah, yeah, oh, you couldn't do that. That was uh, terrible, yeah. <laughs> and oh, it was just so frustrating when you see that. And it's like, ah, oh, 
Why do you guys do this? Two K. It's like every step you take forward, and then you take a step back. And of course, Two K. The only thing they can do right is basketball, and I say to a certain extent the WWE games because I feel like they keep progressing, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this WWE Two K Twenty looks like. And I know there's a lot of interesting stuff, especially this is the first time Hulk Hogan's actually back in a game for a very long time because of his own, of course, uh, personal failings that allowed him to get basically kicked to the curb and, and bad PR. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking forward to this one. I don't really get a lot of games, uh, wrestling games, and I've really been cutting back on buying stuff, except I'll buy them maybe used. Like, I recently bought... MLB The Show 18. You know, mm-hmm. I, we bought it cheap because I wasn't going to go and buy 19. And while 19 it seems pretty good, I feel like with that, they've sort of run their course. They need to add more things. And I feel like, you know. Well, part of it, too, is like, you know, we reached the point where it's like, why aren't they just, you know, doing it with downloadable stuff? You buy a base game and then every year you pay, you pay like 10 bucks and download the new rosters yeah. kind of thing. That's really where we're at with It'd it be now. more like 20, but yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. Same game. You have the same. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, you have the same game. That's why people are like, I'm not paying for a glorified roster update. Exactly. Which is the other thing. I always made a theory of, if I'm going to buy a sports game, I'm keeping okay. a sports game unless Team Hoot. Teams move cities and change their color schemes and all this other stuff, right. I, you know, or new teams get added. So basically, I would not get one unless a team move or there's expansion. So and I would play the same game for a long, long time, and then, you know, okay, then I maybe two or three years down the road and finally get a new one. The good thing about this Madden that I got, uh, I think it's Madden 13 or 14 or whatever, um, is one of those. As people started uploading their own future rosters and the draft picks and all that other stuff. I don't even have to do anything else. I just upload the new roster and just go from there and play with that. Mm-hmm. And shoot, all the grudge work. The internet has done the rest of the work for me. Mm-hmm. I always say when the internet is not racist, mean spirited, or cruel, and they do a lot of stuff. They're funny and they do a lot of the legwork that actually be useful. That anybody who would like try to move to create their rosters and. Because imagine, how, would. I mean, you know how much time it must take that all that detail. Oh my god! I would try to do that, and people would say you end up spending more time, you know, doing a transaction than you play the game. And yeah, Steph would definitely all agree to that, and Eddie would actually agree to that as well. And the thing is, now all I got to do, just like when they had the the NCAA games, all you got to do find a user. They have their set roster. You upload it, boom. That's all you do. And then you cater it to the point where then your draft, and when you do your drafts in Madden, you get that all together, and then you're good to go. I wonder if they pay for the amount of downloads they get or something like that. You know, that would make sense, but maybe these people do it out of labor of love. I think most of them probably labor of love because I feel like that the video game companies, if they charged for it, they get ticked. They'd be like, we want a cut of that, you know. You know, because they could do it if they were so inclined. Yes, yeah. You know, so they probably just do it out of labor of love, much like what you do. Yeah, and even though I don't even do that much anymore, even though there's one project I was working on before I initially got a logo from the news journal, and I would work on it incrementally, I was trying to put together a 1994 MLB roster, 90-man rosters of the active at the time, 20... Strike season. Yeah, strike season. Uh, at the time, the active 28 teams, of course, you had to figure out ways to skirt around uh, the Diamondbacks and the Rays, but those things probably would work themselves out eventually. But, you know, fill up all the minor leaguers, and then you would basically harvest players from all previous and updated future rosters and then just put them in at particular levels in the minor leagues or put them in as free agents and things like that. And I was working on that, and then, of course, getting laid off and then all this other stuff I try to work on. And sometimes, in addition to trying to find jobs 
and all the other stuff. And then, you know, when it starts becoming a task, it's like, oh. life happens, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I had a lot more free time to do that, but I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. Much like streaming, don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, life happens and other stuff happens, yeah. and you think, well, man, is it worth it? And then. You know, some people, and then when you upload, maybe like it's a rough draft of it. Then you see a lot of people like your downloads and all the other stuff, and you say, "Hey, I this is rough. It is not. I need help from people. Maybe they adjust the birth towns and things like that, the birth dates and certain statistics and ratings right. and things like that. It was a cool thing, and it's like I'll eventually try to get back to it, especially since the rosters are on like twenty MLB to show twenty sixteen. Because that way, once you upload the season, then you can just basically save it. The cool thing about that is you can play any future version of MLB The Show. You can play that roster. and actually works better on 2017 and beyond because the peaks and retirements don't actually affect it. So somebody who didn't get a shot to play or his potential has changed, they don't all of a sudden retire to the year because of poor free agency market. They fix that in those 2017 on games where, okay, somebody has a peak, they'll, they'll fix it and all this other stuff. And, you mm-hmm. know, you figure it all out. But... Yeah, that's something eventually I would like to do, even incrementally. I know there's not enough time in the world. That might be something I'd like to do eventually. But I'm just trying to think of all the other sporting games on all the systems. I mean, do you consider racing games in there? Oh, you know, I actually bought NASCAR game for PS4. I have not tried it yet. Actually, you know what? I haven't. I bought an NHL game that I haven't tried. I think NHL. It might be like NHL 14 or something. I haven't tried it yet. I have mm-hmm. not played it. There are a few yeah, games. 14. Yeah, or so I'll try to get the old EA sales. Like the days of play sale, like 19 was only like 20 bucks. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I like yeah. last year during the days of play sale, I bought 18. It was four dollars. Wow. Yeah, I might start doing those things. That's crazy. And you catch those sales, yeah. man. You just gotta go on the PlayStation Store and just look. Yeah, and I think with the NASCAR games, you know. Uh, the biggest thing I remember playing Daytona USA on Sega yeah. Saturn yeah. and those were fun and then when we started playing some of the NASCAR games we did play to win on the regular courses but on road courses I'm like nope no, nope, <laughs> it's demolition derby time I'm knocking everybody out I'm like you know what that's going to be the best part road courses are awful because it's not the same repetitive nature and road courses it just ugh road courses and NASCAR games are a pain I don't see how people can do it Especially, and then, you know, all the twists and turns, at least with the regular one, you know. It's a circular course. You know how the turn is. But then you got to do this. You got to do that. It, mm-hmm. You know, that's something tires, that irritated me with Rad Racer when I think about Rad Racer on Nintendo. That was a pain. Mm-hmm. Cruising USA. I used to like playing Cruising USA. Remember um, Super Off-Road? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. And then there was Outrun on the Sega. Yep. Oh God, I love that run. I like the one. I like the one in the arcade Road Riot. Yes. Yeah, he had the guns. There were so many good racing games in the late '80s, early '90s. I can't even San Francisco know half the names of them. I remember working at the Holiday Inn, and they had a full like San Francisco Rush machine. Nice. With two steering wheels. Oh, you remember like Cruising USA and Cruising World all the time. Oh God. You know, it was really funny. I was thinking about Daytona USA, and there was a thing where while you could play with the cars there's the thing you could play with a horse on Daytona USA yes you could yeah, it was a cheat for that. Yeah. yeah oh my god that was so crazy and it just remember it would make the sounds like it's crashing a car with a horse yeah because yeah, it, it flips it flips like a car yeah because you run funny. into the wall and it'll flip like their cars that's do. funny yeah I, I remember, remember that, that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and those games, they really take you back to a different time. And I know technology has definitely changed. Mm-hmm. And you watch maybe some of those React videos where the kids don't know how to play a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And we had to deal with the evolution of controllers. And we yes. go from the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo to the Sega Genesis to the mm-hmm. N64 to the GameCube to the PlayStation and then right. the PlayStation 2. And basically while the 3 and 4s are, are very, very, very similar. similar. Mm-hmm. And then the X- I haven't really played anything outside the regular Xbox, um, which I actually started playing at trying to get back into playing some Tiger Woods golf. Mm-hmm. Man, I really do think, man, I'm so out of source playing Tiger Woods golf on the uh, Xbox. I can't play it on the mm. new systems, man. I, what the thing about it, they turned into full sim almost now. It was almost like a, it was, it was like half arcade. It was like mostly arcade back mm-hmm. in like '95. I mean '05, like '04, '05, '06. It's more like arcade style. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they turned it into a sim, sim type one. Yeah, yeah, and that's hard. You can't like transition easily between those yeah, two. It's, uh, it was tough. Yeah, and man, I have not played a golf game in a long time other than that Tiger Woods, and trying to get adjusted to the graphics after years of playing PS4, PS3. Oh man, it just. Well, and see, the thing is, again, I like again that goes back to like NBA Jam. Why I like that so much? It arcade style, right? Mm -hmm. An arcade style golf game, fun. Yeah. NES Open, for example, Uh, you know, like a golf sim seems like it'd be boring as heck to me. You know, so that's golf. Mm-hmm. I know there's like a Wiley golf game that I knew Wild somebody Eye. else had. Yeah, I, I think that might have been uh, City Four. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I know golf. Man, I know the Wii, the Lee Trevino golf, and man, Pebble Beach golf links. Mm-hmm. Like, man, how did Lee Trevino be one of the big names mm-hmm. in golf in the in the late '80s, early '90s, and you know, plenty of other guys. I mean, I guess you couldn't do a Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas golf, mm-hmm. but. There was a Jack Nicholas. Oh, there was a Jack Nicholas golf. So for NES, there was an NES. Or I think they actually messed it up and called it Jack Nicholson golf. (laughs) I actually (laughs) think that was the true. There there was something mistake like that, and then they had like the Mario Andretti Worldy, you know, GP racing, and they called it Michael Andretti. Well, uh, there is a Michael Andretti brother, yeah, or son, or something like that. Was he a racer? Yeah, but it had it had Mario Andretti on the cover. (laughs) That's the problem. You tried bailing them out, Earl. <laughs> yeah, nah, sometimes you can't bail them out. I know. But like, at the end of the day, Need for Speed games will always be my favorite racing games. They just can't be beat. You ever play hard driving? Yes. No. Oh, man. I, that was just some... That game was a mess. You know what? Yeah. It, it, it was a fun game um, games. that I played. It was N64. I had it. Uh, Beetle Adventure Racing. You raced Volkswagen Beetles. What? Yeah, it was it was it was great, man. Oh. <laughs> it's an arcade style. It's Do you remember racing. Crazy Taxi? Yes. Oh god, yes. I love Crazy Taxi. Back in the yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, whenever I came out, I mean everybody seemed to be playing that for like a year, and then it suddenly just went and disappeared. Yeah. You know, it was the fad at the time, mm-hmm. and because I think Grand yeah, Theft Auto um, three came out right after that, and then everyone was like. Bloop. I remember the Grand Theft, the early Grand Theft Auto games on the PlayStation, on the first PlayStations. Oh my God, they were tough because it was uh-huh. trying to drive in opposite directions, mm-hmm. and you know if you're trying to drive straight, then you got to push back. It, those were crazy. While they were very crazy games, and of course they they 
evolved as time went on. Oh, they evolved a lot since like the first ones. Oh yeah, the first, first two. Top down. Yeah, we're oh top yeah, top down, down top and down. everything yeah. else. Yeah. And that's why Grand Theft Auto Three was such a big deal because it totally it changed, changed it. it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Vice City came out, and then oh, yeah, that is an amazing <laughs> game, Vice City. Yeah, yeah, Vice City was great. Oh yeah, and I'm like I'm trying to think what else. Is, what are the other ones? I mean, what there is? You mentioned San Andreas. Uh, yeah, like yeah San Andreas, GTA Four. Um, what a Beetle Racing though, man. I don't know what. It's something about it, man. It was great, man. You get flipped on. Like you beat all the tracks. I forgot which developer made it. Okay. But um, it was for um, Nintendo sixty four. Okay. And like when you beat all the tracks, you unlock different cars. You got like a um, like an upgraded like beetle kind of thing, like you know has super traction and everything. Mm-hmm. You can also um, unlock a police beetle as well, hmm. and it had nice. a working it had a working siren, <laughs> so he can just press the button and the police yeah, siren to come on. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge <laughs> group of like Volkswagen junkies out there. Oh, man. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't unlock like Herbie or something. That would have been hey, cool. it's probably a cheat code. Somewhere. Well, actually, probably you know, hey, Disney yeah, probably I don't know. would you know not would frown upon that. You know, hey, that's wow. a cheat code. They'll never know unless you call it Ocho. Right. Unless you call it Ocho, like uh, like they did. In Her- Herbie goes to Mexico or yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, because the kid would just call it Ocho. It's like when he called Ocho, five plus three is eight. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much the dumbest thing they could do. But you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh funny thing we were just talking about wrestling and of course Fire Pro. Fire Pro. Oh Fire Pro. I, yeah. Like I have the most recent one. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that game? I, I mean I, I have one of the Fire Pros that you could upload and buy for um oh, like for PS three. Or you could download for PS three. But the only problem for that is uh, they took out all the good stuff on that version, but I guess Fire has Fire Pro the newest Fire Pro come to consoles? Yeah, it's Fire Pro Wrestling, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I have to check that out. I, mean, um, PlayStation, I have on PlayStation. I mean, what it was, it was so in depth how to play it. They made it, like... Difficult? It wasn't difficult. It's like you have to put time in it to learn yeah. how to play it. Very comprehensive. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, exactly. And and you have to really learn how to play it in order to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just yeah. didn't have the time to put into it like that. Yeah, and I don't know if the newest Fire Pro, if they could allow you to yes. like find Fire wrestling, wrestling just to mm-hmm. bring in old school rosters. Yes. And stuff. Oh, they do. Um, they do have like a creative wrestler site. Nice. All you have to do is it's uh, an option on the game itself. Yeah. It'll take you to another web. It'll take you out of the game to a website, and you can um, ser- do a search for a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then once you find a wrestler that you want, you'll show like different people creations of it, and you can click on it, look at it, and um, they'll have move sets already built in for them. Okay. So um, nice. You can go back in the game and edit it once you download it. Mm-hmm. You can press it, download it, and then the game will restart again, and it, it, you'll see the uh, thing download. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of, I feel like, it sounds like a, well, probably a better version of the community creation thing on the WWE 2K series. They, you can invent, you can create anybody. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. all those games like anybody yeah. think of. Right, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I go back to the <laughs> WWE. Batman and the Joker. <laughs> and, and that's a lot of stuff you see. <laughs> even in the community yeah, creation crazy. stuff on the WWE, I yeah. finally, I put together one. I put out a Facebook photo. It was basically Colonel Parker, Ming, and Buckhouse Buck. And it's like absolutely <laughs> awesome. Even though I had to tailor it a little bit to make Ming look more like bodyguard Ming and you can see the picture where it's them at the end of the match where Buckhouse Buck wins and they're all got their arms raised outside of the ring or inside the ring celebrating their match. And mm-hmm. I feel like another thing that's something the two K series need to do, they need to bring back importing music because Yes. I mean, if you I could import music will, in MLB The Show, mm-hmm. and at one point you could import music in the WWE and the NBA 2K games, why can't you do it now? I mean, they took it out around like I think it was like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, it, it was because they were getting like copyright strikes, I think, or the or the no, music group for like getting I don't, like no, angry I don't, I don't think like, there's an issue with that. I think it's because because you're uploading music. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you're using your own music that you're, that's on your hard drive. Yeah. Uh, on your PS4 and like yeah, I said you upload it onto your hard drive yeah and, and through, then you can use through mm-hmm. that you can put it onto the game yeah just like you and, do but, now for the, like Major League the show yeah yeah you can do that I've got a show. whole bunch of music on I there there was some copyright they, they're thing. just probably wrong, lazy and didn't want to do it and take fun they're like, they they like stealing the joy away from fans and think people are going to pay for a glorified updated roster thing I mean I do want to get that fire pro wrestling now I'll that would be very interesting. I mean, I know it'll take forever to learn, and you know, mm-hmm. and it'll gather dust. I mean, because I know right now, going away from the sports stuff, the things that we're into now, playing, we play a lot of the Lego. Because a lot of the basements. game modes are uh-huh. locked because you got to yeah. go through the t- tutorial first. Yeah, yeah. But there is a cheat code where you can just skip right through, through it. all of it. Yeah, yeah. sometimes just put a cheat code in and unlock everything. Yeah, or the advanced patch where the money. That's the other cheat code, money. Pay for that <laughs> uh-huh. and, 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 yeah. and unlock everything. It's a real simple like button combination you do in unlock everything. And Probably then, easier yeah. than the Contra code. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, we are into the Lego video games now. We play Lego Harry Potter, and I've never watched the movies, but I mean, it's very interesting going <laughs> yeah, through the Lego series. Like the Le- the Lego Star Wars movie, the Lego Star Wars games are pretty cool. I mean, we play that. Lego. So you can play as a I had a demo of one of those. But I couldn't get into it like that. The Lego Star Wars. Like, yeah, I can see that. I enjoyed I enjoyed the Lego Marvel. I enjoyed the Lego oh, DC. Yeah. Like the Batman. Lego Marvel was fun. I tried to. I think it was the Lego Indiana Jones or one of those, and that was mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. Like you said, just do want to try the Harry Potter. Yeah, we got oh, Harry Potter. Potter. Really yeah. We got the Harry Potter one. The Batman two. probably is one of my favorite. Batman funny, three. Funny. Batman, Batman three. three. Yeah. yeah, that's it's the best one. Like Lego Marvel Superheroes yeah. two is pretty good. I like the first one. I like the first one. I mean, all I the Marvel ones are amazing. I can't wait. We're we want, we're waiting to buy the the third Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate. Well, we're doing yeah. about getting Ultimate Alliance yeah. for Ultimate, Switch. Ultimate Alliance is good. Yeah. I'm telling uh-huh. you, I, I beat it. Yeah, I'm excited to play it. It was a good game. I mean, a lot of Short, it is, is though. But it was yeah. good. Yeah. Like a lot of our thing is, we want to play together. So right, you don't have a That's lot it. of options. So. That's it, right yeah, and I feel like especially. I mean. If that we're talking about racing games, people. you know, we're and, forgetting Mario Kart. So, I mean, Mario Kart, uh, the granddaddy of them all. It's good. Like, the new one that they, they had on uh, Nintendo Switch is good, but it's just, like, it gets boring after yeah. a while. 
after a while, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I know. It's I'm, the same thing over and over again, and really the levels aren't really that different. Well, that's often, that's a lot like a Need for Speed games, too, and I love the yeah. Need for Speed games. But yeah, after a while, I was like, okay, I've done all the stuff, I've like modded my car. Yes, Need for Speed Underground. The most Wanted was awesome. But I feel like if they did like a Binding of Isaac thing where the levels switch, but it's not a huge difference, that that would make the big difference in those games. They could do that too, but they just haven't yet. Oh, God, that first Need for Speed Underground soundtrack? Oh, I like that. Snoop Dogg and the Doors. Yes. But that's what sold that game. The game was good, but that soundtrack is part of what sold that game. Everyone knew the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes we'll talk about that. Soundtracks can really make a game. Mm, Just think yes. about a lot Absolutely. of the songs. I think about going back to some of those early Maddens. A lot of those songs, songs yes. that you pull, I'm like, I never would have thought I would have ever listened to in my life. You hear it on the Madden games, especially ad nauseum as it keeps going over and over and over. They start getting into your head. They start getting in your brain. Oh, man. And like I said, uh... The hockey games like prior to this NHL one that I haven't even played. I think the last one I played was 0405. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you this I don't think any league, especially when it comes to video games, they'd be in trouble if there was like a massive lockout that basically, well, I can't say that the NBA, the NBA series didn't get hurt with a couple of the lockouts that they've had mm-hmm. in the past few years. Yeah. People still bought the games and, you know. And people complain about their feeling the lack of realism or the lack of progress in those games. Yeah. And now that it's a new version of live, EA was the first one to actually put WNBA players in their games. I think. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Right. And now and now two K has uh, has seen the gauntlet thrown down, and they've uh, added their own share of WNBA players in their game. I think they got a few of the teams too. So that's very interesting. And. Again, I I haven't I can't say I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've I've lost touch with the NBA. Which, but that's that's an entirely different story for a different time. Because I don't know. I used to like watching that. So Sunday afternoons used to be the time to watch all that, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I just can't do it anymore. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's not NBC. Maybe it's just I because NBC with Marvin Albert, Bob yeah. Costas, Madukas, yeah. Ahmad Rashad, um, yep. uh-huh. everybody. And then maybe it just changed because then ESPN took something that seemed so awesome and just sterilized it where it's such a mess. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. I, I I feel like you know you change your corporate masters, change the corporate change masters. It's TAT Tuesdays and Thursdays. But the thing is different. <laughs> but the, oh yeah, and I like the. It's that's side. the one thing I do like the NBA two Ks where you know they got the pregame where you oh, got yeah. Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith and Shaq, and Charles Barkley, yeah, Charles and all those guys, and that's pretty cool way to at least uh, have that and break up the redundancy to it. I do feel like while. You know the change for the change wasn't the best for going from NBC to ESPN. But if you look at the NFL going from CBS to Fox, that I feel like that revitalized and that changed everything around and uh-huh. brought a new edge to it. Because then edge, right. when CBS got the NFL back, CBS picked up where they left off and maybe made substantial improvements to it. I don't know. I always feel like with a lot of sports games. If I know if I don't try to buy sports games anymore, then it's just, it's not worth the money anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, and as an adult, I always say this, adult with no kids, 
every day is Christmas basically for us because we don't have our own kids to set up for this whole Christmas thing. If you're a stable adult, basically, and your bills are paid, and sometimes people spend it recklessly, you can buy whatever you want most of the time. Right. The caveat is is that how much time do we actually have to play it? That's it. Yeah, not enough time in the world. Right. Between Ooh, the podcast, working two jobs, and everybody else. Oh. And, you know, Brian, you work three jobs, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not enough time in the world. Right. And Seth being a student, there's not enough time in the world. It's just mm-hmm. trying to find that precious time. Right. That's why actually another reason why I started streaming. Because guess what? It gave me an excuse to say, hey, I'm going to play some games here. Kind of almost like, hey, I can be a little productive while playing my games. But, yeah, their time is the big thing now. Yeah, and... This is really a great discussion to talk about all these different things. I know we we're going to talk about more stuff, and I feel like those things can be maybe broached on a little bit. I know, Mark, you actually grew up doing martial arts mm-hmm. at one point. How did you get into that, and then what led to your decision to stop with it? So the story is is that I actually briefly started it when I was six, but um, and this was, again, in Salisbury. There was a dojo called Western Masters, and it was created by a group of, um, to be, you know, honest, a group of very highly skilled, highly trained black belts. Um, the actual creator, the top expert, he was an eighth degree black belt. Wow. He was, oh boy, you don't want to make him mad. Um, and the, the group basically came together and said they wanted to create this dojo and it was a combination of many different styles. It was Taekwondo, Aikido, Ishinru, some kickboxing and a little bit of ninjutsu thrown in there. And so there are all these styles together. Um, it, was, it was at first just an attempt for me to like learn something useful and then after a few years, um, to be frank, when I was about eight, nine years old, it became evident to me that um, through just social interactions in school that I needed a, a better method by which I could defend myself, honestly. That was truly the reason because um, there was some aggressors who frankly had a point I needed to deal with. And so um, you never go into it with the hope that you of course try to beat somebody up, but if somebody were to get a little too much, you would have the ability to you know, restrain them and defend yourself. So, And that was what happened. And so I started around eight, nine years old again made it up brown belt so it was with we used the taekwondo belt system so it was white gold green purple blue red brown and then black so i made it to brown belt and it took about four years so i was about 13 i was about to enter high school and i was that was around the time which i was starting to work towards the black belt but the problem was that was also around that time where I was starting to take some of those college prep classes, and I was actually already taking college classes in eighth grade um, at with UD, and it became obvious to me that I needed to put my time more into that, and so a lot of these things, like I was still playing soccer at that point, um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to drop some things for me to actually do this, and so karate was one of those that had to go. My daddy actually got aboard with me, and he got up to a... Um, he was a red belt when he stopped because um, he started about a year after me so dad and I went through a lot of it together and um, so I but I had to stop right before the brown belt and some days I'm kind of like you know I kind of wish I went for it but other days I'm like I don't know how I would have done it because when you train for your black belt like that is no joke I mean there is so much you have to learn I mean unless to get up to the brown belt I had to learn 
so many different types of kata. I learned so many different routines, all these different moves. And then in the black belt in our system, you actually were given basically, um, I don't know what you wanted to call them, but basically fake weapons, and you had to be able to learn how to disarm so many different types of weapons. So if someone came at you with a sword, you had to learn how to disarm with a sword. If someone came at you with a, with a gun, you had to learn how to disarm somebody with a gun. You had to be able to go through that whole process. You had to learn all your different routines, all your different katas. And then you actually, there was this other part, which is kind of more the mental side. You had to learn a lot about the history. So I had to learn a whole bunch of Japanese and Korean and Chinese history, you know, different parts of the language, you know, and culture in order to be able to keep going. So take that. So like to get to just brown belt, I would have had to do the same. That took me all that time just to make it one more belt to black you know it is really no joke and so sometimes what i hear about these things where like these kids are like five or six years old and they have a black belt i'm like you don't have a black belt someone just you know is like you don't you did not go through the time and the work in order to actually get a black belt somebody kind of created this system that was meant to speed them along like an actual yes exactly for money and so an actual if you go through the actual like taekwondo or like you know a keto system it takes you some time to get there you know you have to go through you have to put the work in and the time in and i just reached the point where i didn't have the time anymore in order to do it but um I did have, I did learn, you know, quite a bit, and I, you know, I've retained most of that knowledge. I can't promise I can do a crescent kick like I used to be able to. You know, 25 years later, my body isn't quite as flexible, but, you know, I learned enough that a couple times when I needed to, I was able to, you know, defend myself, and then, you know, to this day, I can still you know, place a nice sidekick if I needed to into somebody, <laughs> you know, but I prom I can't promise it would be as, as high or as fast as when I was like 12 years old again. But, um, yeah, it was a good experience. And again, it did help raise some confidence and I learned some interesting things along the way. And then also I have a lot of respect for martial artists. Mm -hmm. I think martial arts is more about acquiring like knowledge yeah. instead of like fighting. Like really, right. I mean, you, you learn fighting like as you go along. Okay, you learn sure. some, some sort of moves, but I think mostly it's about gaining knowledge. Yeah, that's what, that's, mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. And some of it also is just yeah. even like you know, some of and again, my sensei will talk about this. It's like you know, we always try to do everything possible to avoid a fight. Right. You know, you mm -hmm. never go into it saying it's like, all right, I'm gonna beat you up kind of thing. It's like you always do everything possible. It is always supposed to be used as needed kind of thing used as a last resort kind of thing and I think of the movie Sidekicks with uh, Chuck Norris <laughs> and Jonathan Brandis and and oh, Joe Piscopo was in there and mm -hmm. and they made, basically made Joe Piscopo it's like yeah this is the way you can learn how to beat people up and stuff like that while right. of course with uh, Chuck Norris is just learning the martial arts and things like that even though he was just more of a figment of his of Jonathan Brandis's imagination and things like that, mm -hmm. and yeah, and, and I was going to ask about the question about times you've actually had to use it, and do you feel like when you've used it, it's like okay, those people no longer harassed you anymore after using it or defending yourself. The big one that I remember, I was in sixth grade, and it was outside of a school bus, and you know, I was one of those kids. You know, when I was in elementary school, I didn't have a lot of friends, um, and so I was relatively easy target I think you know and for the most part I kind of kept to myself um I don't want to say I didn't like anybody but 
No, I didn't like most of the kids I went to school with, I'll be honest. I went to school with a lot of jerks up to that point. Um, when I was in sixth grade, somebody just really had something out it, and yeah, I was trying to ignore them. We were outside the school bus, and so when it ended up happening, I had to do a throwdown. So I basically, they came after me, and I threw them down on the ground, and I landed right on top of them, right on the sidewalk. I was calling to the principal's office, and you know, I was like, look, and... You know, the entire principal's office, they all know it's like Mark gets picked on. You know, he's not trying to do that. So they know it's like, okay, well, if Mark threw you down, he must have had a good reason. So I didn't get in trouble. Didn't even get an attention. You know, and so, but it was one of those things. Yeah, there was a, that was the big one. But then I remember distinctly, and then the days after that, people were like, you know, people did not like even approach me. You know, there was this, like, a little bit of, like, mm, well, if you tick Mark off enough, he may do something, so let's leave him alone kind of thing. So it was, you know, for a time period after that, you know, I did enjoy some nice peace, and people left me alone, or at least people would just talk to me kind of like, I guess, normally, like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, as opposed to being like, it's like, what's up, you know, demoron? <laughs> That was the big joke. You know, as elementary school kids, you always yeah, had some stupid nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and talking to different people, and I go back to some of the people, past people I've had on who've done martial arts, like, you know, Dante. Dante. Dante's a great example. Yeah, Dante has done martial arts and, and, you know, has found a way to capitalize, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, just like found a way to use that mm-hmm. and use it as a method of, of, of physical training. Right. Or, you know, physical training and discipline. And yes. Discipline, helping people improve their lifestyles, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's very interesting. And, and Brian, you went to school probably with Dante longer than I did, so I, I, I don't assume that if Dante needed to to use it, he would have actually used it in a situation where he needed to. I, I've never, I wasn't there until <laughs> I didn't get there till till freshman year of high school. So I mean, I assume that if he had to use it, he would he, yeah. he needed to use it if he needed to. Like you said, Mark, it's a last resort, man. You want to like not use it at all, yeah, right. You know? I'm sure most people, you know, show like other restraint until they can't, you know, until mm. it's until someone's really in your face and like you know, where you can't anymore. Yeah, yeah. you know. And so, but that was one of those things that I think that was so great about actually the Karate Kid. You know, you think about it, you saw the comparison between those two different dojos, right? Yeah. You, you know, Mr. Miyagi, I mean, that, he was the classic sensei kind of thing. He was the sensei, I think, almost all, you know, people, almost all kids who took karate, they can relate to, that's my sensei. He said yeah, all Cobra Kai. Things. Yeah. And then you had Cobra Kai. <laughs> Which is funny. I, I still want to see Cobra Kai, and I feel like it's a unique, uh, the way it seems like it's a unique twist spin, yeah. on it, where now it seems like... Again, I'm just going by from what it looks like. Now it looks like Daniel tends to be the guy, while not the outright bully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems yeah. like he tends to yeah use all this stuff as a means of okay, I did this and this and that and yeah. I know he sell you a car and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't seen it. And you can basically go the gist. I feel like it's they say in pro wrestling, it's the heel turn. It's mm-hmm. where everything gets flipped. Rarely he's a hero long enough to become the bad. Yeah, man. the Batman theory, and which is funny. Is speaking of rarely in television, especially using pro wrestling, you rarely do you see you'll see heel turns or face turns or something, but rarely in television do you see like the double turn. You rarely see where two people where you think of the despicable bad guy and the the, the hero switch 
like that. Normally, it's just a gradual one or the other, but you don't mm-hmm. see it happen simultaneously. I can't think of right, right. anything unless, like, this is a spoiler, and I'm throwing it out here. Like, at the new Star Wars, you see, like, a double turn where Kylo Ren yeah. is the one that goes to the light, and Rey is the one that goes to the dark side permanently. Yeah. That would be something that I feel like they've been trying to trigger that and set that up for a long scene, time. I think the scene that you see her with the light, with the dark sabers, whatever you call yeah. them, mm-hmm. the red lightsaber. I think that's like a dream sequence. Oh yeah, I think, I think so. that's what it is. Yeah, it would be nice. Oh, I'll yeah, wait. Yeah, I'll I honestly was waiting for a double turn in yeah. in the Last Jedi, but mm-hmm. you know it didn't happen. So I, I was hoping, and there's gonna be a double turn somewhere, and it's gonna happen. So like Hulk Hogan and the Rock. Oh yeah, that uh. just absolutely was crazy. Where yeah, Hulk Hogan came to that situation with the NWO, yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. The Rock was the hero. Once they got into the ring in that match, the yeah. crowd was cheering Hogan like it was 1989 again and they were booing the rock like yeah. it was 1996 again and you know you don't see that happen mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. I don't think there's been any other notable double turns in wrestling in a, in a while they don't mm-hmm. yeah they don't even do that anymore I, uh, sometimes not, I mean that, I mean you can't really like it's an organic really, thing like, yeah it, it happens like automatically man mm-hmm. just like organically right. like you said yeah like yeah, Bret Hart exactly. Steve Austin that was probably the biggest yeah, greatest double turn ever or Stone Cold is just harassing Brett and this and that yeah. and Brett's trying to put on a good face and all this stuff and then it basically in that match Brett bloodies Austin and basically you know you know bloodies him and puts him in the sharpshooter and just doesn't, doesn't let him go doesn't let him go Austin never quits and while he just passes oh, out because right, of the pain and then it just flipped everything and that led to probably a very uh a great storyline is Bret Hart being the anti-American guy and mm-hmm. he ran that storyline all the way up to everybody everywhere else in the world I loved him yeah mm-hmm. and in America they couldn't stand him yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember it that it was crazy yeah. man it was like I've never seen anything it's like, like that like that yeah yeah and it's like is it yeah and like I said I know Mark you're probably not the biggest wrestling fan and you probably watched a little bit it, yeah. it being a part of the 80s and 90s culture right. it, it it's on television and you're gonna see yeah. stuff like that you can't that. avoid I mean, that yeah, yeah. the past by yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. that's why I'm interested in asking you your fondest memories of wrestling even though I'm like I said you while you're not the biggest fan of it you saw Boy. it on TV you can't get away from it Boy, that's tough <sighs> difficult that's God, goodness. <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, like, you know, when I was younger, you know, I would catch WrestleMania. That was, like, you know, basically the big, you know. But I was a favorite moment. Or even just memorable moment. It doesn't have to be favorite, but just something that sticks out in your memory, the the, the consciousness of it. And like I said, I mean... Like, you, you know what I would say? That one of those things that stuck... You remember when Hulk Hogan, you know, you know, did um, I'm a real American. Yeah, they say yeah. When Hulk Hogan went from becoming like a wrestler to like this pop culture, this yeah, you know, figurehead kind of thing. You know, I, I, you know, everybody knew who Hulk was. Yeah, kind of thing. I would say that's just you know, whenever I think of wrestling, it's Hulk. First person that comes to mind because you know, how did I come into wrestling? It's because okay, there's Hulk Hogan as a kid. It's like there's this guy who's this pop culture icon. And then, okay, he was a wrestler. That's how he started. And it's like you would see him, and then he was just everywhere. The the old Spice in the world, bro. Yes. The, the Old Spice commercials and yes. everything. And, and again, for a long time, not just a couple of years, 
Hulk, people still know who Hulk is. Yeah. yeah. And while weirdly enough in pop culture as it goes along, you say 1989, ask people who Ric Flair is and ask people who right. Hulk Hogan. Everybody knows Hulk Hogan. Not everybody knows Ric Flair. 30 years now, <laughs> Ric Flair has ascended and passed Hulk Hogan in popularity. He's yeah. everywhere in the hip-hop world. He's, mm-hmm. uh, He's you know... influenced a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, influenced yes, a lot of people. And then, and then the fact that while Hulk Hogan's uh, that whole Gawker lawsuit and the reasons that led to that Gawker lawsuit really hurt his standing with a lot of fans and it's like because you look at it it's like I'll use a perfect example who's going to go out and to see a Mel Gibson movie now yeah yeah, who's gonna go out? And maybe Liam Neeson's stock has hurt itself now after after his comments. And it's like, yeah, how can you get seriously try to get into watching this stuff? Saying, well, that's what he thought, even if he didn't act on it or, or said that. And it's like, how can you even want to spend your money on this person mm-hmm. that probably thinks so lowly of certain people, even if it is a maybe something out of context or something that he thought was in a private conversation mm. or like in the, the Mel Gibson one where it was recorded on a voicemail uh, or the Liam Neeson one where it was actually in a public interview how do you just like uh, how can you be a fan of it anymore sometimes and when you see the Hulk Hogan stuff it's like you know and it, remi- it reminded me of something you know probably the time I actually most regularly watched wrestling in any form was when Chris Benoit was at his peak. And that you want to talk about a memorable moment is of course when that all fell apart, you know, unfortunately. I mean cuz you think about it if Chris Benoit was alive today, do you think he'd have the kind of pool as like a Ric Flair? Or uh, nah, he'd be a to, lower level. He'd, he'd be like he'd still be like the top where he is. I'm mean, yeah, going to be an expert, so I'm asking you too. Yeah, I mean, he may not have been the he wouldn't have been the greatest Canadian wrestler ever. He'd still no. be like their Bret Hart, and then yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and maybe things change, and who knows? It's just that stain of Chris Benoit and the whole stuff that happened. It's like easy to say. Well, I guess you could overlook some of the stuff that Hulk Hogan said, and we look like this man killed his family. I mean, that's like apples to orange. That's some strange yeah, yeah, apples that's to oranges, some man. Strange apple to yeah, orange, I mean, right. stuff. You know, bad stuff is bad stuff, nonetheless. Right. Yes. And, awesome as he was, like doing wrestling, if that stuff would have never happened, he yeah. he would be like Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. for wrestling yeah. in the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. You know, stuff like that. When you think about it, it's like, oh man. That's, yeah, and when you think about something that's supposed to bring entertainment, you think of the downside, the depressing side right, exactly. of it, and not even, we're not even talking about the, de- the constant deaths yeah. of guys and stuff like that, which yeah. which is a really uh, down thing. Like, you know, you think of, like, unfulfilled potential, people who die, like Owen right. Hart dying early and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And wondering, okay, what happened accident, if he didn't though. have... Yeah, an accident, yeah. too. It's like, what do you expect? Okay, what happens if this didn't occur? Maybe he, you know, maybe his legacy changes and things like that. Right. And you see more Owen Hart-related stuff going mm-hmm. on. He's still alive. And, I mean, because if it's different, if he didn't die in the ring on that, and it's like, it happened with what happened with the junkyard dog died in the car accident and fall asleep or something like that. Nobody... Like Macho Man, too. You never yeah, know. There wouldn't be this whole ban of, okay, you won't see Owen Hart hardly anywhere promoted on the WWE Network or something like that, or if he ended up becoming a volunteer firefighter and he died in a house fire or something like that. You know, stuff like... Because he was talking about becoming a, a firefighter and all of those stuff. If stuff happened differently and it wasn't in the ring, all of a sudden, his legacy's probably... You know, right, in a weird way, right, saying right. that it's like it's a weird, morbid way of saying that. And no one's like, "Oh, if he died this way instead of this way," it's you know, if some if things changed, if he's alive, 
and all this other stuff, it's a completely different story, you know. Right. Just like people talk about the Ultimate Warrior and some of the things he said, and then all of a sudden yeah. him dying so suddenly, just like that. It's like if I was well, gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah he'd be he died like three days later. So yeah, like, actually, it's like right. the next day because my mom told me like, "Did you hear the Ultimate Warrior die?" What? Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I saw, I just tuned in for no reason just to see that. And he's like, when every man die, you know, breathes their last breath and all this other stuff. I'm like, man, that's some deep stuff. And then next thing you know, like, holy crap, he's gone. And it's like, absolutely ridiculous. And the thing is, he said some very controversial, questionable stuff, but it's how do you try to rectify that with the legacy of a guy that entertained a lot of people. It's like... Right. It's difficult. Yeah. I mean, See, just like I mean, the Bill Cosby around, stuff. Around that time of his death, he was trying to, you know, rehabilitate his image. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's like the perception of these of these people and just like we're talking about, and we use the Bill Cosby thing as an example. There's Dr. Huxtable, there is real Bill Cosby. And right. Those things you try to, you know, it's a weird thing. How do you try to rectify all this stuff? Like the R. Kelly stuff. Yeah. And, and, and then to an extent, the Michael Jackson stuff. It's like there's so much stuff. Yeah, man. It's like you can't just get rid of all the art because there's a lot of troubled people in the music industry. You'd have no music. In Hollywood in general. Yeah. Any, there's any you, entertainment. Yeah. You'd have nothing. There'd be no content saved or spared to any extent that these people and just not to gloss over hey they did some really messed up stuff or some serious things what do some you do questionable things yeah what do you do you just try to uh, I don't know it's one of those things when it comes to content and you got any way to just intentionally avoid it or do you just sort of like okay we know this is a very complicated thing well and it even goes back to what's going on with a lot of YouTubers right now it's the same thing like PewDiePie all, yeah well just so more than I can count at this point mm-hmm. you know YouTubers who have you know screwed up messed up personal lives or, going, or have said something on one of their videos and have um, basically you know outraged their fans or something happened in their personal life that leaked that um you know, I think about a couple of video games, you know, YouTubers like Pro Jared, who recently had an out, falling out with his wife and literally lost like 400,000 subscribers in about 48 hours because he found out he was, in theory, cheating on his wife. You know, so this was very recently. But um, there's m- so many examples um, like that. Anybody in entertainment, you always got to watch that. What's going on in their personal life? You, you know, it's crazy, man. It, these guys like stream, like stream videos, stream videos, and um, mm-hmm. gaming and stuff. You, you know, back when we were kids, you know, they were considering them like the nerds and the losers. Yeah. But nowadays, they're like they are on the top, making the making money. The money got the women, the cars, and everything, man. You guys like watch out for the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Revenge totally the watch nerds. Out Watch out well on that movie. Oh, God, that's a whole different story. Watch that movie. Very, very problematic now than it was 30-something years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Oh, yeah. But Mm -hmm. I do appreciate you guys being a part of this discussion. I know it's sort of... Wasn't sure how this was going to work itself out and, and fit together, but I think... Honestly, the discussion mainly focusing on video games and sports video games altogether, and I think this is a very interesting thing, because I'll admit, I don't play video games as much anymore, and I'm just mainly a sports video game person, and uh-huh. and, and it's good to know that you guys, of course, have a, a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to this subject, and it feels like we aren't just trying to pick 
stuff out and like, okay. Mm-hmm. It all ties together somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. I do appreciate you guys. Before we go and end this, Mark, do you have ways people to reach out to you and contact you? And If you search Twitch, YouTube, pretty much anywhere for... Um, I go by the name. I go by the name. My username is Coral Cola, and that's from my old video favorite. My old favorite video game, Star Tropics. So it's you know C O R A L C O L A. Make a great drink at some point. I have to patent that and make that. So that's pretty much how people can find me. And Brian, what are ways people can reach out to you? Um, at Twitter, uh, Twitter at uh, BanksB511. Um, so you got a normal there. name. I don't yeah. got a normal name. You got it. It makes sense. <laughs> also, Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well. Hmm. Um, that's about it, man. <laughs> cool. Hey, I do appreciate you guys. And you guys, you know, who are listening out here, when you hear this episode, don't forget to comment and reach out to us and email us and things like that. We'd like to hear your thoughts on a lot of these games and really do appreciate you guys being a part of this, listeners and guests as well. Thanks a lot, and we'll do this again next time. My pleasure. Cool. I hope you enjoyed this very different interview with Mark and Brian. As always, if you know someone who might enjoy this episode or any other previous episodes, please feel free to share. Next time, we'll take a deep dive into sports movies and movies in general with the hosts of the Movies and a Meal podcast, Ben Penserga, Keith Demko, and Brad Wilkins. You can find a link to this and other episodes on the Sports Refuge website, or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher Radio, and wherever else podcasts are heard. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge Podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.